today. It's all about Dan Mullen's press conference from yesterday and both the men and women's basketball teams only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. No tape Tuesday today, of course, because we just got a lot to talk about. So getting right into Dan Mullen's press conference from yesterday. Well, at the time of recording this a few hours ago, but for you guys yesterday, um, one of my biggest talking points is that Dan Mullen, I, I like how he's handled pretty much since he fired Todd Grantham and pretty much since we lost to South Carolina. I like how Dan Mullen has handled press conferences. Uh, you know, I've given him criticism. It's something that he's been criticized for a lot, but he's handled press conferences pretty well since then. Uh, he hasn't been, you know, petulant, childy or anything like that. He's been you know, holding his own. He's been accepting uh, responsibility and taking accountability for all of the failures of this team so far. He said that him and Scott Strickland still have a good working relationship with this, which he said last week. He's just reiterating it this week. Um, I, I like that one of the things he spoke about was, you know, he doesn't care about narrative. And I'm smiling when I say this because during the press conference, it was a little sassy of him, but, uh, you know, he spoke about he He doesn't write the narrative. He's not the person that writes the narrative. Other people write the narrative. He thinks that the narrative should be, yeah, this team was down. They could have given up, but they didn't. And that Emory Jones had a record-setting day. He thinks that should be the narrative. But what the narrative has been is that he's going to get fired, that he should be fired, that they shouldn't have been close with Samford, which, frankly, is all true. But that he doesn't write the narrative. He thinks the narrative should be what it is. And I thought that it was funny that at one point he said, win or lose, it doesn't matter. Uh, because he said that a journalist wrote this, that win or lose, it doesn't matter. I've already written my article. And Dan Mullen was like, how are you going to ask me about narrative? If you don't care about the wins or the losses, you've already written your article. You've already set your narrative. You've already done all this. And you know, it, it wasn't a great answer, but it, it was pretty funny. It was entertaining. It was sassy. And it, while it's not a great answer, He's not wrong. I, I even saw the tweets that were like, hey, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of this game. My article's written. I know what I'm saying. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, no, because then you're taking what you want and how, how you want to phrase things and how you want to frame things, and you're just using that. So I, I, I get both sides, but, I mean, it, it was fun to see Sassy Dan come out. And then talking about, Emery, because, you know, Dan Mullen said he wants the narrative to be Emery Jones's record-setting performance. He spoke about how Anthony Richardson was supposed to come into the game, and then and, and then Anthony Richardson said, Coach, you can't put me in. Emery's like 20 yards away from the record, from the school record. And then Dan Mullen had to call up and say, Hey, is Emery Jones 20 yards away from the school record? And they were like, Yeah, he is. So Emery stood in because Emery was saying, No, put Anthony in. Anthony was saying, no, put Emery in, and Dan Mullen essentially realizing that, hey, Emery Jones could have a record-setting performance. It doesn't matter if it's against Samford. It could have it could be a record-setting performance, and, you know, we're going to play him. And Dan Mullen was like, hey, this is that, that's the best performance and the best 
buzz we should have had since Tebow days. And then Dan Mullins won the name drop Tebow. <laughs> he was like, hey, this is the best performance we've seen since Tebow days, really. So it's it's a it's a pretty big deal. It's getting overlooked. And it's something that I spoke about yesterday where I said, you know, I, I think it's being overlooked how good Emory Jones was because this is a team or this was a game on Saturday where if this were just average Emory that showed up, it, it it's a loss to Samford. But elite Emory showed up. And I don't mean elite is in terms of just he's an elite quarterback. I mean, the most elite we've seen Emory play was against Samford. And I don't care if it was against FCS Samford. I don't care if they've given up a lot of points this year as it is. Emory came to play. And th- that's all that matters, really, when I'm talking about that in a bubble. Emory came to play. And if Emory didn't come to play the way that he did, this was a loss to Sanford. So Emory Jones with a career day, a record-setting day, just a fantastic day all around. And, you know, speaking of celebrating the win, it was 70-52, to 52, and people criticized. Videos were going around, and viral videos about, you know, this team's celebrating, dancing in the locker room after giving up 52 to FCS Sanford. And here's the thing, that Dan Mullen raised a very good point, and I will reiterate that point. We don't give a damn. A win's a win. We'll take it where we can get it. And, you know, Dan Mullen was like, hey, I don't care if we win against Missouri 3-2 to two, or if we win 70-52. to 52. We're going to be in that locker room celebrating. And the people that are upset are usually the, the people that aren't natural competitors. And, and I'm not going to be like, alpha male. No, no, no. If you aren't a natural competitor or if you've never played football, then you probably don't understand that, yeah, we, a win's a win. We don't care if it's clean or if it's pretty or if it's ugly. It doesn't matter. A win's a win. And, you know, people made the point there, you get to play football 12 to 15 times a year. Every win should be a big win. It's something you don't get to do often. So let them win. If it bothers you that much, just don't watch the video. Who cares? They won a football game and they're going to celebrate because of it. I, it, honestly, it's screw your feelings at that point. And yeah, I, I think Dan Mullen's been handling it well. I'd like to say that he's going to stay around. Not that I'd like to say it, but I, I think it's safe to say that Dan Mullen is going to stick around and be the Florida Gators head coach through this offseason and into next season, as long as things don't go colossally wrong over the final couple of weeks. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Oh my gosh. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your business's growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes to close your books on time and in no time while staying well ahead of your inferior competition who's still operating their business like a caveman, if we're being honest. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockdownnca. Head to to netsuite.com slash lockdownncaa for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Prize Picks? If not, listen to the show more. I hate you. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. And I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, 
college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. And you can get all the star players of the Power Five. Imagine having Emory Jones in daily fantasy sports just Saturday versus Sanford. Would have been remarkable. That would have been like 60 fantasy points that he would have put up. Would have been insane. And the mid-majors like Brian Kobach, who against Bowling Green last week, cooked. Just cooked, cooked, cooked. So you're you're missing out on yourself, by the way. Prize picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on you know what? We'll we'll switch to gators. You can take the over on Colin Castleton blocks, which you should because he's just a beast. And the under on Damian Pierce carries because Dan Mullen hates him apparently in the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prizefix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizefix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking at men's basketball versus Florida State. Now, man, I am happy about this one. Uh, if you didn't watch the game on Sunday, shame on you. It was a fun one to watch. The Florida Gators are now number 24 in the nation after starting the year 2-0, and including a, I, I want to say dominant win over the, at the time, number 20 ranked Florida State Seminoles. And I say dominant because first half was very tightly contested. Florida started off the first five to six minutes of the game playing phenomenal defense, but the offense just wasn't there, which is fair because Florida State's defense is still very good at basketball. Uh, but Florida's defense was just better. It was, it was a pure defensive battle, really. It was, it was remarkable. But Florida really ran away with it in the second half, thankfully, uh, because I I was sweating during that one. But uh, Colin Castleton is having himself a killer season so far. Against Florida State, 15 points, 16 rebounds, and six blocks again. That means he's averaging 16.5 points per game. 10 and a half rebounds per game and six blocks per game because against Elon, he also had six blocks and Colin Castleton has been just phenomenal. It, it, it cannot be overstated just how important he is to this Florida Gators basketball team on the offensive and defensive side. If he can just get a little better at passing the ball and finding the open teammate, he's going to be just fantastic for us and possibly leading us into a late March run. Anthony Deruji, 12 and a half points per game, seven rebounds per game, and he has just been phenomenal. Against Florida State, he was all over the place, making defensive plays, steals, blocks. He was just playing out of his mind. And he has been, he might be the most improved player, or he might have the biggest improvement that I've ever seen in one offseason from a basketball player, from a college basketball player, because He's much improved as a shot blocker, which he was already pretty good at. And he is much improved or much improved as a defender and shot contester at the very least, and much improved as a scorer, including a three ball that looks like it's going to be much more consistent this year than it's ever been. So Anthony DeRuji, I want to see him get more involved in the offense. I, I think that he's underrated in pretty much every way. And Brandon McKissick, the transfer from the University of Missouri in Kansas City, is just, I mean, we, his first game against Elon, it, it was relatively quiet. He had four points, wasn't wasn't great, two steals. But against Florida State, he had 12 points and two steals. And 12 points isn't phenomenal, but it's when they showed up because he was relatively quiet for most of the game offensively. But when he, started, when he got cooking, 
he got cooking. He was the one that really that really fueled that run against Florida State that put Florida up so much and gave Florida the victory, really, between defensive plays because his steals came close to each other. And then his 12 points came close to each other again. He wasn't someone who was consistent throughout. He was very streaky, but when he got on fire, that's what made this Florida game. That's what made this Florida team take advantage and really separate themselves from the Florida State Seminoles. And then Myron Jones, who in week, who in, sorry, football talk, who in the first game against Elon was pretty good. He started nailing his threes, and that's what that's what really separated us was Myron Jones' streak. But against Florida State, uh, the first half was one of the worst performances I've seen uh, in this very young season. And then second half, he started taking over. He had 12 points, six rebounds, three steals, averaging 15 points, and I believe five rebounds per game, maybe six rebounds per game. But Myron Jones is one of those guys who he can take over at times. He just needs to find his three ball and be more consistent with it because when he started hitting his three ball, it was lights out for Florida State. So this team, like I said, after the Elon game, I get the feeling that this Florida Gators team, at least the men's side, is going to be very, very streaky. And as much as I hate to say that, that's what it seems like it's going to be. So if they can, you know, as long as they don't all go on a cold streak at the same time, hopefully this team will be able to work out. There were a lot less pick and rolls this year than we saw last year so far with this team. A lot lot more defense and a lot better defense this year than we saw Last year, a lot more pressure. I like what they're doing with Colin Castle and how he's kind of playing at the free throw line. I don't know basketball zone terms, but Colin Castleton's kind of playing at the free throw line, playing top key. It's interesting, but he's just so good at doing what he does, and he's hustle, IQ, and, you know, he's a real grinder, real gym rat, first guy in, last guy out kind of thing. Um, but – I mean, it's also just been a block party with Florida. I mean, Colin Castle himself has 12 blocks through two games. And Anthony Derugy's helping out. This is a great defensive team. You know, people are making fun of Jimmy Dyke saying, hey, this is the toughest Florida team that Mike White's ever had. One, it is. Two, low bar. Low bar. But this team is setting a high bar. They are very tough, very intense, and very bout it incessantly. So this is a very good men's basketball team. The Gators... We could see them make a deep March run, which is something that I would love to see. And they beat Florida State for the first time since November of 2013. So the Florida Gators ending that streak with a statement win, getting ranked after that win. And I mean, hey, we got Milwaukee on Thursday and hopefully going to continue this streak. Bet online is the best place to place your bets. I know that I made money. Well, Actually, betting on the Florida Gators using Bet Online because they have just been so kind to me basketball wise. Of course, football, honestly, the lines weren't up for, <laughs> for Bet Online this Saturday, so I couldn't, but I can tell you I would not have won because I would have bet the spread, which is 35 and a half, and obviously didn't win by 35 and a half. So thank you, Bet Online, for saving me some money. Obviously, Florida this season has not been kind to me, but Bet Online has been, even, uh, co- even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, 
O-N for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now taking a look at women's basketball. Uh, obviously, I cannot cover today's game against Wofford because um, – Full disclosure, or well, yesterday's game at Wofford, because full disclosure, at the time that I'm recording it, they're about to tip off. Um, but this is my window that I could record for today. So this is what has to happen. But we'll talk about Towson and NC State because, uh, well, this past weekend, pretty much, which wasn't great in the preseason WNIT wraps up to wraps up yesterday at the time recording this today, of course, whatever. Uh, but so far, the Florida Gators women's basketball team has played three games and three different starting lineups in those three different games, which is a little worrisome. I mentioned it in my lockdown now on Sunday that it's worrisome primarily because I feel like you can't find out if a lineup is going to work in one game. I get it. You don't want to get off to a slow start, but you're playing very good teams, so why not figure it out with what you've got? Maybe Coach Finley is just trying to figure out which lineup she likes best at the start. I don't know who's going to start this Wofford game yet. It's going to be interesting, but... The team has no real offensive identity yet, and I think that's what's more worrisome to me than anything else. Um, I, I just, to me, like, yes, changing the lineups sucks, but having no real offensive identity in sense of what they want to do offensively consistently is what's more worrisome. At this point, I'm, uh, I'm not super stoked with how the season started off, but... I mean, I'd, I'd be happier at least if we were if we had a set identity and we were just trying to figure that out. That'd make me feel a lot better. But uh, the point differential so far, Florida Gators, a negative 12-point differential. Of course, the NC State game was kind of a massacre, but it was the number five team in the country against an unranked team. It was kind of expected. I would tell you the spread, but it is very rare to find women's college basketball on any betting sites. So... Couldn't really do that, which pisses me off, by the way, because I know I'd throw some bones on it, but hey, whatever. But horrible shooting performances has been the name of the game so far for Florida. Shooting just under 39% and allowing almost 44% of the field goals to be made. And this is a team that they they want to shoot threes, um, but it hasn't been working out so much. They shoot 33%. Or It's not that it hasn't been working out. It's that they're a team that wants to shoot threes and can't. And they're also a team that can't defend the three ball because opponents are shooting 56% from three against the Florida Gators women's basketball team. So defense is not the name of the game with this team. The offense needs to get going. Defensively, there have just been way too many open shots. That, that's what it is. It's not, you know, that, that, that opponents are making contested shots consistently. It's that they have been way too many defensive breakdowns from this Florida Gators women's basketball team. And that needs to change if they want to get competitive. It's a long season. Don't get me wrong. But with no offensive identity and a defense that you can't trust and can't rely on, it's looking grim early on, to say the least. Consistency has been the huge issue. Not even, and I, I forget talking game to game consistency because, frankly, you're not going to find game to game consistency if you've got if you've got teams that uh the lineup's constantly changing. I'm talking quarter to quarter consistency. This is the the NC State game was the second game in a row where a horrible first quarter for the Florida Gators women's basketball team just made it impossible for them to come back from. And I don't mean literally impossible, but if you look at the Towson game, you know, Florida went down early in the first quarter 
and they kept trying to fight back and fight back and fight back. And it just, I think off the top of my head, I think it was 37, 20 at the end of the first quarter. And they just never got back into it because it's nearly, I mean, not nearly impossible. It's just so difficult to come back from that at that point, because you're fighting back consistently. They got within a few points or they got within 13 and then Towson went on a little run. And then they got within 10 and Towson went on a little run. It was just trading baskets and runs. It was, it was just rough for Florida. They just couldn't get it going. And then looking at the NC State game and what happened again, the first quarter is what decided the game because, you know, I mean, not decided the game, but it's what made it too far for Florida, too much for Florida to come back from because the first quarter, NC State outscored Florida 29-15. When at one point it was like, 14-14, and then NC State just went on a wild run. The Florida Gators women's basketball team is not a bad team. It's just a team without identity. The players are good. We've got very good players. You look at players like Lavender Briggs, Emanuele G. Oliveira, uh, Kiki Smith, Faith Dute, Floor Tunders, uh, Nina Rickards. You've got good players on this team. It's just a matter of finding out what the right lineup is at the right time. And having someone who's going to say, okay, like so far, it's been Lavender Briggs so far. It's been, okay, I'm going to take over. But even she's been inconsistent. So someone needs to be consistent and aggressive on this defense or on this team. And that hasn't happened to this point. Hopefully that changes because, again, the Wofford game is about to tip off in just a few minutes. Hopefully that changes. And we'll see because I'll probably cover that tomorrow a little bit at least. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out tomorrow because we'll probably start taking a look at the Missouri game. We'll recap the Florida Gators women's basketball team versus Wofford. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. From Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.